Hello and welcome to Is This Anime? I am your quote-unquote anime expert, Jack Metcalf. And joining us once again is Rachel Ondang. Rachel, how are you? I'm doing great. Oh, uh, what um, is it? Oh, you were going to say something. Sorry. <laughs> how are you? How are you? I'm recovering from COVID, but that's good. I'm keyword recovering, recovering. I didn't get the bad COVID, so that's all that matters, which is also why this episode was delayed a week because uh, I was unable to speak. Absolutely fair. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyways, for this week, we are talking about uh, a very wonderful anime. Uh, maybe not the happiest anime, given the, the source material, but it's something I'm pretty excited to talk about. We're talking about Akame Ga Kill. And Rachel, uh, I know you were a big Jujutsu Kaisen fan, which is why I wanted to talk about this anime with you, because Akame Ga Kill uh, was named by the JJK author Gege as one of the biggest uh, inspirations for Jujutsu Kaisen. Uh, before we get uh, completely into Akame Ga Kill, uh, do you feel that holds up, that inspiration holds up, Rachel? I can actually definitely see where the inspiration lies. And um, I I had no idea. Um, like, I, I never got the chance to watch Akame Got Kill until now. And um, I, I can see the parallels of it. I, I was actually really getting into it. It's a fun show. I mean, first of all, what I like about it is it's only 24 episodes. We're only talking about five of these episodes. We're talking about episodes one, two five six and nine so not quite the halfway point i wanted to give rachel some episodes that uh tease things out um and also i i didn't want rachel to to have to watch 24 episodes in like two days because she was very kind to come on this last minute <laughs> oh absolutely uh, not a problem yeah you were a trooper um but yeah this series of comedy got kill it was uh it's from square enix actually uh who also produced full metal alchemist um, it was uh, serialized in their monthly Gangan Joker uh, manga magazine from March 2010 to December of 2016. There are 15 volumes. The anime uh, ran from July to December 2014. So uh, here's a key thing uh, for anyone who wants to read the manga. I have not read the manga, actually. I've only watched the, the TV series. Uh, something important to note is... Similar to Full Metal Alchemist, around the halfway mark of this series, it diverges from the manga as the manga had not yet been finished. Even though I haven't read the manga, I did read some of the details online. I actually like how the uh, anime ends, even though I can't get into it. I like, I like it, even though apparently some people on Reddit say the anime ending is uh, worse. Tends to happen uh, sometimes with the manga versus anime community. Yeah, I mean, we have a friend of the show, Carson, who prefers the original uh, Full Metal Alchemist anime over uh, Brotherhood. So I, I guess I'm that type when it comes to a comic I kill, um, at least until I fully read the manga. Um, I do know that like they, they cut out an entire arc, which is an issue, but I don't know. Uh, again, we're getting into spoiler territory and Rachel hasn't seen the rest of the show, so I'll just keep uh, myself mum. Uh, anyways, this was written by an author who goes by Takahiro. Uh, he's anonymous, if you could tell. He has another series that's actually coming up called uh, Chained Soldier. It's getting an anime adaptation this year. Uh, if you look at uh, some of the art and, and what I've heard about the series, it's uh, quite a bit hornier than the show, which is saying something. Uh, but yeah, Chained Soldier, the anime adaptation of uh, that is coming out this year. So if you enjoyed a comic got killed, maybe you'll love Chained Soldier. That's all I have to say about uh, Takahiro. He didn't have many interviews either. Apparently, he does not like the anime, though. 
Oh, geez. <laughs> um, but did you like the anime before we get fully into it? I was actually um, not sure how I felt going in originally, but as the pacing and how the episode one ended, I was actually really, really getting into it. Um, and I know you only gave me like a few episodes to watch, but like I was starting to go to like episode three. Um, I ended up skipping over um, episode four just for time and things like that. Um, but I watched the first three episodes and I was really, really pleasantly surprised. And I will definitely have to binge watch this show. This is a very bingeable show. I mean, the fact that it's only 24 episodes, those are the types of shows I love, the 12 to 24 ones, because you can just crush those in a weekend if you wanted to. Yeah, um, same here. I love the smaller um, series. Yeah, and I mean, uh, as we get into talking about the episodes, the, the pacing of the show is qu quick. I'll say that. Uh, things happen constantly. You are never bored. Um, anyways, I guess let's go into episode one, because that's where my critiques come in, and then my critiques get uh, altered because of the things that happen. So the opening uh, makes the show, in my opinion, seem like you're kind of I it's the show isn't an isekai but it starts off your kind of standard fantasy show so you open on a caravan getting attacked by what's known as an earth dragon our hero Tatsumi he easily defeats it he tells the uh, caravan workers that he intends on going to the imperial capital to make a name for himself and they warn of the dark hearts that lie in the capital uh this intro just going by that I'm like okay this is your standard uh traditional fantasy shonen show it's just gonna be uh you know you know, brown-haired hero, gets powers, kills a bunch of beasts, uh, meets some kind of generic characters. Uh, it is not that, thankfully. It is not that. Uh, what it is, though, is it is exceedingly horny. I, I mean, I cannot deny <laughs> that. Uh, so our narrator informs us that the corrupt in the capital are taken down by an elite group of assassins. Uh, Tatsumi applies to become a cap captain in the capital and is laughed off. But he runs into Leone, who tells him she's got the secret to becoming an officer. Unfortunately, Leone tricks him into giving all his money to her, and she leaves him. Leone rules, doesn't she? Oh, she is so fun. I love her so much. Uh, she's definitely... I, I love that type of character. Um, again, this being a, a series of its time, uh, Tatsumi is quick to point out uh, how she looks. But yep. again... <laughs> Listen, the, the series does not give a shit about subtlety. It's like, okay, we're, we're going to lean into it. And that's where I can see it turning off people, especially from like a 2020 standpoint. But then you just keep watching and the characters are just so damn fun. Uh, so on the streets, uh, a woman called the Lady Ari, she encounters Tetsumi and gives him a place to stay. Tetsumi then gives his tragic backstory where he lost track of his two companions. Uh, we get a cute little flashback. This is what I love about the humor of the show. Uh, the series is very dark, but they also aren't afraid to make jokes, uh, especially regarding kind of the, the more tropey stuff, because we get like an old man who, you know, tells Tatsumi, here's a parting gift. Uh, it'll protect you. And then uh, Tatsumi is just like, oh, yeah, I'll just sell it. And Lady Arya, she ominously tells Tatsumi he'll see his companions soon enough. So foreshadowing. What is it? Uh, Tatsumi, he's talking about one of his friends. Uh, he says, I just got a friend who wears whatever she has. And then in the, her little uh, thought bubble, she's just like, that's because I'm poor, you jerk. He also has one with this guy, but I didn't write the guy's lines down. But I thought that was funny. 
And then at night, Tatsumi encounters what is known as Night Raid. Uh, the first gr- person we encounter is uh, the Scissor Girl Shell. Uh, she cuts someone in half. That's the thing, Rachel. This show is violent, ain't it? Oh, yeah. But he was pretty badass, I have to say. Oh, yeah. Shell gets Shell gets a dope intro. Uh, she's a great character. So she is the first member of... Oh, wait. Fuck. She isn't the first member because we saw Leone, but we didn't know Leone was uh, Night Raid quite yet. Yeah, um, that's correct. I would describe Shell as the first official Night Raid member, uh, just to save myself face. Because, yeah, we don't know Leone's part of it yet. Night Raid, they fuck the soldiers up, slash them up, and Tatsumi puts himself in front of Arya. He, of course, stands zero chance against Akame, but his village charm protects him from dying when she slashes him. Uh, He sees Leone and he says, hey, you're that girl with the boobs. Oh my gosh, I laughed so hard when he said that. (laughs) I know. Well, that is a way to describe Leone. That's definitely a way. Uh, Leone, she tells Tatsumi... Uh, to look behind the door and he sees numerous dead tortured people including his own companions uh, Arya confesses to the crime because the episode has to wrap up and Tatsumi he cuts her in half and that's what tells you what this show is um, there's no moment of Tatsumi being like hey you can redeem yourself no he's just straight up like I'm killing this bitch she sucks yeah, which in a weird way was kind of refreshing Absolutely. So I'm like, oh, he's going to be like the fumbling, like nice guy kind of deal. Or, but or that the show is just going to be like, oh, he's going to be the guy to to tell Night Raid. Oh, no, we we can't kill or something like that. Not that I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm a pacifist myself, but it's refreshing that the hero is just like, no, nah, man, it's like I'm I'm cool with fucking these people up. They suck. Yeah, yeah. He's not trying to be the moral center. He's very much in on what Night Raid is doing. And then uh, I think it's Leone. She she even points out, she's just like, he didn't even hesitate. Granted, that was pretty heinous. Uh, and then, yeah, um, Tatsumi's companion, who's like still kind of alive, uh, but slowly dying, he's been poisoned. And then the girl companion he had uh, is uh, was tortured and left naked. And I think uh, even like her hair was taken by Arya. Uh, Arya was a sick fuck. She's a good intro villain because, again, completely irredeemable person. Pretty messed up. Yeah, it's it's not uh, a show for the faint of heart. But which is funny too, because again, the show has like this level of humor and also kind of traditional fantasy stuff. And then it's like, no, we're gonna remind you that these people are terrible and terrible things are gonna happen on the show. Uh, what was it? The, the episode ends with uh, Tatsumi. Uh, he's being dragged by Leone and she tells Night Raid that he's their latest recruit and he says, I don't want to murder people. And then Leone reminds him, don't worry, it gets easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, episode two, uh, we get a little um, flashback where it says, let's make a pact. When we die, we die together. This is Tatsumi with his companions. Uh, as we know, that didn't happen. But it might be a bit of foreshadowing uh, for what happens to everyone else on this show. Because that's the thing. This show has a body count, as we'll get into. Um, but episode two gets to be nicer. Episode two is uh, Leone. She takes Tatsumi uh, to meet Shell. Uh, she's reading a book called Mend Your Airheaded Ways. Uh, Shell's adorable. I love her. Uh, I he love then meets. What did you say? Oh, sorry. I love Shell. Yeah, she's awesome. Uh, she's very awesome, which is also why I immediately uh, was like, oh, fuck. I think I know what's going to happen to Shell. 
Tatsumi, he then meets Bulat, who we're told in a very 2000s way is gay. Uh, this is what I've noticed with a lot of, again, shows that are progressive by their time, but then kind of cringy when you watch them now, which is like, oh yeah, here's the gay character. We're going to kind of be like, oh, look how edgy we are for having the gay character. He's gay. I'm like, just you don't even got to point it out. He's just gay. <laughs> and also, Tatsumi uh, also just being low-key homophobic because we see him get very uncomfortable with uh, the stuff Bulat says. Uh, I think, w- when did this one come out again? This series, it, was... it ran from 2010 to 2016. Uh, the anime came out in 2014. Mm, okay, okay. Um. Yeah, because I, I know he was definitely uncomfortable with, like, all the flirting and all of that, which, granted, could make people uncomfortable. Um, I I find it refreshing, though, to have, like, a gay character that isn't, like, the stereotypical, like, um, like flamboyant or just a joke character, mm-hmm. um, which was kind of nice. That's true. Uh, Bulai is treated much better than the, the other gay character we, we meet uh, much later. <laughs> Where yeah. uh, that treatment was uh, even more negative, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, Lubak, he's the green-haired dude. He's our token perv. He's spying on the bath. Again, uh, I, ca- I can't say... We didn't get a ton of positive Lubak stuff in these episodes, did we? We didn't, we didn't get much of a Lubak redemption. Not so much in, in these five episodes. No. Um, it, it may happen. It may happen. Um, but for now, Lubok just kind of sucks in these episodes. Um, anyways, Akame, she's eating a massive honk of meat, but refuses to share it with Tatsumi. The boss, Nagenda, she's with Akame and gives Leone shit for being late with her assignments. Uh, Nagenda, also, also a fantastic design. Um, she's like kind of like a white-haired woman uh, with a prosthetic arm and an eye patch. She's got the whole... The whole she's got it all. I love her. Such a cool general. Yeah, she's dope. I wish she fought more in the show. But again, they give a reason for it, given that she she has her own injuries. And I guess she also is like a general. So she just doesn't have to do that. But that was something I did want to see a bit more. Um, anyways, Tatsumi, she call, uh, he calls the team a rogue team of assassins for the sake of justice. And he's laughed off. The crew reminds him that they are murderers. And at any moment, they could be forced to atone for their sins. Which, again, this is what I really like about this show. Um, the, the way it treats its characters and its deeds, they constantly remind them it's like they may be fighting the quote-unquote bad guy, but they are going to do a lot of uh, not-so-great things and that anything they do is going to lead to blowback. I, I definitely agree with it because it feels like... Um... Every action, whether it's um, the night raid themselves or like um, the Imperial Army, it actually follows up on its consequences. So, like, yeah. a, a lot of shows tend to just be like, oh, you know, this one fight is resolved. There's no consequences or blowback or anything like that. Um, so it's it's nice to see that that it's like, oh yeah, we're killing people, but you know. We, we will have to atone for this eventually. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, I have the, the knowledge of having watched the entirety of the show before, but it's cool seeing all this foreshadowing um, on, upon rewatch, really, because that's a, a main theme, which is, you know, 
even though there is a clear side of the Imperials being terrible, every action is going to have a consequence, like you said. And every character at some point is going to have to atone for their sins and so on and so forth. But what I really like about this show is they make you care about every darn character as we're going to get into it. Uh, it's very well done. Um, what is it? Uh, Tatsumi is still down for Night Raid, though. He doesn't care about the consequences at the moment. Uh, and Nagenda permits Akame to kill Tatsumi if he's a nuisance. And Tatsumi's first target is a man named Ogre. And we learn that Akame and her sister were trained by the Imperials, but when ordered to kill Nagenda, she defected. And on top of that, the kids she fought with had died by that point. So again, reminder, Akame is already been the last one before in her group of uh, comrades. So this is something that's happened to her once. It could happen to her again. And that's just the life she's living. It's Akame who has the title of, of this series. It should be noted. Uh, Tatsumi, he seemingly uh, takes down Ogre with a backstab. But of course, it wasn't meant to be. Kills him with a cross slash. The, the, the Tazumi versus Ogre fight is not the, the best fight we see on the show, unfortunately. I was hoping it would go a bit longer, but for pacing, we get it pretty quickly. Uh, but we do get a funny moment where Tatsumi claims he did it without a scratch on him, and Akame sc- strips him, saying she's... Uh... It's funny, yeah. Uh, we get uh, Tatsumi being stripped by Akame, which is played as a horny moment until it turns into a sweet moment where Akame is like, no, it's like, you could even get one scratch that could give you an infection, which has killed uh, some of my own comrades before. Yeah, it kind of makes you wonder, like, what she's gone through. She's been through a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Akame tells Tatsumi to keep coming back alive. So, yeah, first two episodes is kind of why I picked them. They're a solid intro. And then episodes five and six are, are their own arc, which, you know, I picked for reasons, as we'll get into. Um. This is this is not the, the this is the first heartbreaking arc we get in the show. So Tatsumi's his dead friends tell him it's time uh, for him to be with his new friends. And if there's an afterlife, they'll meet again. And Tatsumi finds Shell sleeping on him. The the amount of focus that Shell was given in this episode already gave me death flags. Yeah, same. I was like getting so worried. The as with any show, uh, one of the rules in storytelling, or not rules per se, but it's, it's a bit of a trope, which is anytime a character is given a lot of backstory, that tends to be when you're, uh, you start getting uh, fearful of what's going to happen to them. Uh, the TV show Lost was infinite with uh, doing this a lot. Anytime a character was going to die, they would have their own flashback episode. It's like, oh, fuck. Um, Jujutsu Kaisen without getting into that that's a show where it's like oh god oh god there's an extended flashback with this character right now oh fuck are they losing and uh more often than not without giving away specifics more often than not if a character on JJK is given a flashback that's usually the death flashback uh and yeah Shell Shell is given this pretty heavily especially because again we have so many characters on the show at the moment so we're like okay well are you giving this to us now just because she's important or for other reasons? Uh, but Shell's super endearing. I find her uh, so adorable. Uh, she is the one person on Night Raid who doesn't do any chores because she is insanely clumsy. Uh, we get a, a little flashback where she she bought way too much sugar uh, for everyone. And then what was it? She somehow made a whirlpool that sucked up Mine when she did laundry. I don't know. Yeah, which 
you know, begs the question of how. How? Um, <laughs> it's a very fun gag. That was my favorite of the uh, of the you know shells clumsy gags. Just so the the visual of Mina being sucked into a whirlpool. <laughs> um, and yeah, we get her backstory, which is she grew up in the imperial capital. She had a friend who always had her back, even though she was an outcast. But then the friend had an abusive ex who Shell killed. The friend ran away because she was shocked by the violence and Shell's family was killed in retaliation. And she killed all of the men who did this. And she learned that killing was her skill, which then caught the eye of the Revolutionary Army, which is how she joined Night Raid. So again, not the nicest backstory. Uh, <laughs> she tried to save her friend. Her friend ran away. And then even that resulted in the death of everyone she knew. Uh but again, she, she's she's got that quirkiness to her where she's like, okay, well, if I can do something right, which is killing, then I'll just keep doing that. Uh, Tatsumi, he's given his own imperial arm because uh, that's the big thing in the show. That's the power concept, the imperial arms, uh, which gives everyone their own unique abilities. Uh, Tatsumi's imperial arm at the moment gives him x-ray vision so we get some more fan service because, again, the show can't help itself. <laughs> We get some more foreshadowing involving it. Uh, I guess it's not an Ice Imperial Arms user. They give us some backstory on this one guy who we think is going to be important. And then when we see him next time, he is licking the boots of who the real villain of the series is, who is General S. Death. What do you think of the intro to General S. Death? Honestly, I kind of love her. She's awesome. Like, just the strength and power of, like, I don't care attitude is like really, really cool. Um, I love her design. Um, just the flash cut of like, oh, we have this, um, you know, strong tribes leader who it'll take over a year to like defeat him. And then it just jump cuts to him licking her boots on all fours. It's just oof. And then she's like, like, oh my gosh, yeah. And then she like kills him with her heel too. So he's already taken out. Uh, What an intro. Yeah, we get quite a bit of S death in these uh, episodes too, which I'm happy uh, is how it worked out because she is a pretty dope antagonist. Um, Tatsumi, he also theorizes that there could be an Imperial arm that could bring someone back from the dead and he's promptly shut down, which, which to me, at least from a narrative standpoint, they're just kind of, they're bringing up the obvious question that any reader would ask, which is like, oh yeah, doesn't this exist? Can't we just uh, bring people back like the Dragon Balls? And then the writer is just like, no, we're not doing that shit. <laughs> which is nice. It's nice. It's it's nice to get that out of the way because that could very well have been an ass pull that the writer could do. And uh, instead they're like, nah, we're, we're not doing that. This is a series about consequences. Um, actually, Which is actually kind of interesting without getting into complete spoiler mode um the manga actually has left less character deaths i'll say that uh which is interesting because usually you'd think the anime would be the thing to censor things more but the uh it's actually the opposite in this case oh interesting yeah um i guess maybe that's why reddit users prefer the manga because it's a happier ending but i don't know man again i like consequences I like the fact that uh, this is a series where, again, when we, especially as we talk about this other episode, you know, you're you're quickly uh, told that nobody is safe on this show. Definitely have to agree with that. 
yeah, it's just more fun. And again, it means every fight has more weight to it because you're like, oh crap, is this the one where my favorite is going to get killed? Yeah, actually, um, uh, Nagenda had reminded Tatsumi, um, uh, the line she said was, all battles from here on out are a battle of life and death. Like, it's always to the death. Mm-hmm. Again, this is, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're JJK fans. And uh, that first season of Jujutsu Kaisen is pretty standard shonen, which I don't mind. I enjoyed the first season a lot, which is why I followed up on the show with season two. But then when you see the Shibuya arc, which, which we love so much, that was, the, that was the arc where we were like, oh, okay, all these characters I like. Oh, this one's dead. This next one's dead. This villain I even kind of liked is dead. Oh, shit, they're all being taken out. Uh, who do I have left? And again, it just adds so much more weight to the series when you have that. Um, there's a lot of shonen series, especially uh, Naruto is an obvious one. Bleach is another one. Uh, series where you have, you know, it's 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 a it's a tough thing because obviously you're going to have your fan favorites and you don't want them to die. But also, an, it's easy for an author to just be like, okay, here's the hero's friends. They're going to lose to make it. Uh, to make the new bad guy seem stronger, but they're still going to survive. And they're just, just going to, you know, take, take their L's every arc. Maybe they get uh, a win or two against a minion. But again, it just me- means there's no stakes to these fights. And you just kind of know like, okay, this is the, the, the setting up the bad guy fight. It doesn't fucking matter. Um, I, I definitely have to agree with that. Um, and it's nice to see that they're kind of shaking up the Shonen formula. Um, Cause I, I used to be such a fan of Shonen. And then they kind of seemed relatively the same kind of formula. Like you said, the battles didn't really have too much weight to them. I'm like, oh, like these characters will return or like no one will necessarily die. Um, But now they're more focused on telling a good story with actual weight for what they actually show the audience. Yeah, and I mean, uh, again, even a series like Jujutsu Kaisen, I know we keep bringing it up, but this is literally the whole reason why I watched Akame Got Killed, because I heard of its influence. Um, I think it helps that shonen writers nowadays are, are planning on doing shorter series. I don't think, you know, it's, it's going to be a long time before we see another One Piece or even something that goes like um, 700 chapters like Naruto did. I th- I think My Hero Academia has been going on pretty long, but even that's wrapping up in 2024. Same with Jujutsu Kaisen, which was even shorter. Like, I think authors are, first of all, they don't want to die. Because that's also been an issue. Uh, R.I.P. Mira, who did Berserk, that was a pretty infamous one. Um, The Hunter Hunter writer, he's also had numerous health issues. And that series is unlikely to finish. You know, maybe it gets a, a chapter every year. But again, we there's been enough cases in these long-running series where I think authors are just like, yeah, maybe we should just plan a shorter run. And, you know, but a shorter run means more shit can happen per chapter, of course. There's higher stakes. And, you know, why not, you know, kill your favorites off if you're not going to intend on this being like 700 chapters or something, you know? Yeah, Anyways, exactly. that's my rant on the greater shonen uh, industry or whatever. Anyways, uh, what was it? Uh, Tatsumi, he gets lost in the capital with Leone, and he runs into an imperial guard named Seriyu and her dog, Koro. 
And uh, Seriu seems like a super wholesome person. Uh, uh, guess what? Uh, she may not be. Uh, Koro's a, a cute little dog. He looks like a total mascot. And he apparently responded to Seriu's righteous heart. And uh, we get a cute moment where Seriu is just dragging Koro by the leash. Like he's literally bouncing on the concrete. Uh, seemingly uh, unharmed. And then we get Seriu's little backstory of her training with uh, the dearly departed ogre. Because again, this is where we get into consequences. Uh, from Seriu's perspective, the ogre was a great man. And the ogre offered to give Seriu a painful procedure that could assist in her pursuit of justice. Um, what were your thoughts on Seriu before we got into episode six? So when I first saw her and I was like, oh, okay, this might be like the intro to the standard character where um, they're like a kind hearted um, person who happens to be on the enemy lines and maybe is too naive to understand where they're kind of sitting at. Um, but I like to see how they played like now knowing like the, how the first kind of two episodes kind of start off, how they play with her, her sense of justice. Yeah, 100%. And then uh, as, as we get into episode nine, we see where, where Sarah, you stands with her other uh, teammates, which is pretty fun. Uh, so episode six in the red light district, we see Leone use her Lionel transformation, which turns her into a cat girl. So as if I couldn't love Leone enough, she's also a cat girl lady, so that's pretty awesome. Uh, again, just, Leone's just such a dope character. and She's uh, just super fun. And I, I think, like, even just listening to the English dub, you can tell how much fun the English dub cast were having with these characters. Yeah, they rule. Um, that's the other thing, too. I think on the outside, if you just see a picture of a Kame got killed, it still kind of looks like your traditional fantasy action show. But then again, they just give these characters so much more life. I can't say the art is the greatest, which is why, again, if you're just looking at a random picture, like, okay, this is your standard action show. But yeah, they just give uh, these characters a lot more. And Leone just fucking rules. Uh, and her and Tatsumi, they are taking down sex traffickers because, again, the series is dark as fuck. Uh, and, you know, they're slashing people up, cutting people in half. And uh, Leone gets uh, this one funny line where she says, honestly, who better than a couple of bitches to take you out? Uh, to which Tatsumi responds, uh, can you please come up with something better to call us, please? <laughs> that uh, actually made me audibly laugh out loud. <laughs> it really again, did. Again, the, the humor of the show is on point. Uh, the way they can go from uh, murder and sex traffickers to just making a joke about the names they're calling each other. Uh, anyways, Shell and Mine, they encounter Seriu, and this episode is, remainder of it is basically just a, one big fight. Uh, we don't even get too much, uh, back and forth between, uh, Seriu and, uh, Mine. Anyways, uh, Mine, she shoots Seriu, but Koro protects her by turning giant. So yeah, Koro, not just a cute little doggy, he's a, a nasty motherfucker. <laughs> uh, Shell, uh, slashes him, but Koro heals fast. And we learn that organic Imperial arms have a core that must be destroyed in order to be killed. Shell and Serio go at it while Mine tries to figure out where Koro's core is. Uh, Shell manages to cut Serio's arms off, but it turns out she has arm guns. So that was the bonus uh, that she got from the ogre. She's basically a cyborg. 
Just uh, more guns. More guns. And then on top of that, when uh, her arms get further cut off, uh, she's still able to, to pull some bullshit with like her uh, mouth cannon. So yeah, uh, what do you think of Sarah Yu's uh, true personality? Uh, she's, a fu- she's a fucking psycho. Oh, absolutely. Like, it, it's crazy how she has like one of the most adorable kind of designs in the show that I've seen so far. Like, you know, your bright-eyed, sweet girl, and then next moment, like, her sense of twisted justice. Um, She just basically is psychotic. Um, Just so focused on how everything's kind of, like, black and white to her. Yeah, 100%. Um, If you're basically not with the Imperial Army or the Imperial side... Um, it's fine to kill you because that's just how her, uh, how it works for her. Her sense of righteous justice is, uh, Mm -hmm. that's for sure. Um, what is it? Yeah. Uh, Koro goes berserk, which turns him red. He grabs Mine and tries to pop her like a grape, but Shell saves her. Saryu then shoots Shell with a mouth gun and Koro rips her in half. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck, of course. It's Shell who's the first one to go. Yeah, uh, I I honestly, I, I wasn't sure how it was going to go down. And I was kind of like, okay, you know, she rescued Mine. Okay, now she got shot, but maybe it's not going to be fatal. And then when she was ripped in half, I was like, oh, oh, this is going to be a lot darker than I thought. It's a very over the top death. It, it's uh, it's like the the thing Homer does when the uh, there's an episode of The Simpsons where like Homer's uh, got like a roasted pig and he's just like, oh my god, it's still good, it's still good, and the pig uh, keeps like flying away somehow. And uh, did you ever see that episode? I don't think it's, I have. Where if I have, it was so long ago. Yeah, it's like the Lisa the vegetarian episode. Like Lee, like Homer is cooking a roast, and like uh, Lisa's like, "I'm a vegetarian now. We gotta get rid of this pig." And then um, the pig, uh, I don't know. Go watch it, Lisa the vegetarian. That's a good episode, everyone. Um, but yeah, you just keep thinking like, "Oh my god, maybe Shell can survive this," and it's like, nope, she's dead. She's extra dead. She's cut in half. And then on top of that, uh, she does use the last of her strength to uh, give her Imperial arm a blinding flash, which lets Mine get away. And her words at the end are, I'm glad I could be useful in the end. Just tragic. Yeah, it, it absolutely was. Um, it made me now question who else is going to eventually leave the team. Yeah, and I mean, uh, I did jump ahead and give you episode nine, but uh, there is a, I guess you already know the next person who dies. We'll get to that. Um, Nagenta, uh, she reminds Tetsumi that these battles are always to the death, which again is the the writer and the TV show saying, yep, every fight here counts, guys. Uh, Be very afraid. And the episode ends with S-Death declaring that she's home in the capital. And Mine also declares that she'll have Seriyu's head. So again, that's clearly setting up an arc for uh, Mine versus Seriyu. Uh Episode 9, we open on Mine bathing. Uh, her arm has been healed, and she straight up says, sorry, mild spoilers for you, Rachel, having uh, not watched the other episodes. 
Uh, with Shell and Bulat gone, she has to work extra hard. So, R.I.P. Bulat. R.I.P. Yeah, um, that's just how the show works. Uh, you're clearly seeing a pattern of, you know, fight, death, fight, death. Yeah, but it's it's kind of cool that, um, again, not all of them will survive. Yeah, 100%. And I like how um, it this is a moment that happens slightly later, but Nagenta... He reminds them, it's like, yeah, we've lost like two members. We need to hire more people. So it's just that whole thing of uh, the the cast is going to change on the show, people. Um, what was it? Uh, Lubok and Tetsumi, they're training by doing push-ups with Leone and Akame on top of them. That's pretty funny. Uh, and yeah, Nagenda, she's moving into the capital for business. And Leone tells Tetsumi that Bulat believed that Tatsumi could surpass him. And yeah, uh, Bulat, again, mild spoilers, he's the one who uh, gives Tatsumi his Imperial arm, too, as well. So that's how he gets it. Yeah, it's super sweet moments of, you know, Leon uh, giving um, what Bulat thought Tatsumi would be able to become. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, you'll, you'll see as the show goes on, uh, Tatsumi is maybe even able to, to put that Imperial arm to even better use. Um, Meanwhile, as death, she lays a wreath on the graves of her fallen comrades because, again, you know, there's two sides to every story. As death is also pretty upset about what happened. These characters have also killed her friends. And just like a night raid, the Imperials are in need of replacements. And then we get introduced to our, our POV character for the Imperial side, and it's Wave. Uh, I love Wave. <laughs> Wave is, I, I literally have here in brackets, Wave is best. <laughs> I love him. Again, this is this is why I picked episode nine uh, above other episodes because this episode more than anything just kind of reinforces the two viewpoints. And again, any other series would just be like, okay, the good guys versus the bad guys. But then you get introduced to Wave, who's just a guy, and he's on the Imperial side. And like, oh shit, I don't want this guy to go. <laughs> and uh, he's just such a fun POV character for the quote unquote bad guys. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um... Sorry, I loved his fish bag. Yeah, absolutely. that was absolutely great. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, he's he's just some dude, and he's just trying to make a living. <laughs> Again, he, he resembles Tatsumi a lot. They're they're both kind of generic anime protagonist uh, designs, but I don't mind that, especially for Wave, where that's kind of the point. Especially Tatsumi, I could be a, a harder critic for his character design, but Wave's uh, genericness is like the point. Yeah, I, I kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, so Wave, he opens the door to what's uh, the conference room for his uh, teammates. And he's greeted by uh, one guy, which is a creepy dude in a mask. And this guy is also an adorable person named Bulls. Bulls, who is uh, seemingly a freaky dude, but is just the, the nicest guy when he actually speaks. Oh, he, uh, he just, he sounds like a sweetheart. Yeah, he's just, and you know, you, you get a bit more backstory where he talks about his like wife and daughter and you're like, oh my God, this dude's just a sweetheart. You know, he, he's a baker. He does all this, uh, <laughs> you know, home ex stuff. But then he also reminds you, he's like, no, I've done terrible, terrible fucking things, which is why he never takes off his mask. Because um, again, he, he's got his own issues. But again, a, a very fun character. Uh, what was it? Wave, he gets excited when he sees a little girl named Karome who seems normal, but then she tells him to get away from her cookies. 
Uh, Kurome doesn't get a ton to do in, in this episode, but again, just a fun character moment of her threatening wave. Uh, who is it? Yeah, we then get Serio. We know who Serio is. Uh, we know she's not to be fucked with. And uh, Wave is like, okay, maybe she's normal. And you're like, oh, no, man. No, dude, she's like the worst fucking member you have. Yeah, she, she's definitely the worst one so far in this little group. Yeah. And then uh, we get introduced to Dr. Stylish and we get some homophobia from Wave. Uh, that's, that's less cool on Wave's part. Again, the, the nature of when this uh, was written. Uh, the final member is the blonde haired Run. And uh, he's, his name is Run. I don't even know why that's a name. That's his name. Uh, Wave, despite being homophobic, acts pretty gay when he meets him. <laughs> That's why I put in my notes. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. really? Really, Wave? You didn't like Dr. Stylish, and now you're like, you know, getting the hots for Run? Uh, not that I don't mind, but it's... Uh, maybe he just has a different type. He's Yeah, he's got a different type. Maybe, maybe uh, Stylish was just too upfront. He's it's, That's not the type of uh, gay he's attracted to. I don't know. Anyways, I'm sure if you look somewhere online, you could probably find a lot of... Nice art with Wave and Run, because they're definitely a pair. <laughs> the, uh, I'm even just thinking of how the show ends. I'm like, okay, well, I think the Wave and Run fans are going to be happy. Um, they're a nice duo. Um, but Run is also a person who we see in a bit of flashback later, who's also, who's also not to be fucked with. Um, Bulls the mask guy. He offers everyone tea, because again, Bulls is a sweetheart. And then S-Death enters and brawls with her new team because, again, that's just how they roll. And she names this team the Jaegers. And uh, we get Wave and Bulls cooking together. And Wave tells Bulls he's super nice. But Bulls reminds him that he is a fucking killer. He's like, nah, man. He's like, you haven't seen the shit I've done. Again, it's uh, the constant theme of consequences. Uh, who was it? <laughs> S-Death. She has her little girls, uh, girls' night with the girls in the squad, and she's got her new interest, which is love. Oh what my gosh! <laughs> it, yeah, it just hit me. I was like, "Wait, what? What did you say?" And I had to like go back like ten seconds just to like make sure I heard correctly. And I was As like, it, "Oh, oh no, yeah, yeah." What she said, um, yeah. like about love, because I'm like, I. Does she mean that literally, or is it some kind of twist, like twisted love? Uh, I, I mean, again, the uh, ha me having seen the show, I guess I could just say no. She's like, uh, sh she's a fangirl. Uh, maybe it's kind of twisted because this is S death we're talking about, but uh, no, she's a romantic, uh, and we're gonna find out who she's a romantic for. Um, we get some more backstory from Lubuck. He gives uh the backstory on S death and Agenda, which is. Basically, back when the Imperials were struggling against a tribe, they sent out S-Death and Agenda. S-Death's tactics were incredibly ruthless. S-Death's tactics... Oh, fucking tongue-tied. S-Death's tactics were incredibly ruthless, which resulted in Agenda defecting. Uh, and we also get to see uh, Run. He's there as well as some of uh, the dearly departed comrades uh, that Night Raid had taken down earlier. So again, they all worked with S-Death. They all did some pretty fucking bad shit. This results in Agenda defecting. And Lubak tells Tatsumi of a tournament which S-Death is secretly using to find a lover. Uh, we get a fight. Also, this like tournament is hosted by Wave because, again, Wave is just the chillest dude. <laughs> uh, I love him so much. Uh, Tatsumi, he easily takes down his opponent who's a minotaur. 
SF gets the hots for Tatsumi and she puts a collar on him and says he'll be hers and hers alone. There we go. (laughs) That's how episode nine ends. I don't know. What do you think of that little twist? Um, honestly, it it was pretty funny. Um, because I I wasn't sure if she was gonna like I don't know pull out a gun or or something else. I was definitely not expecting the collar. I I know when she had the um or when the emperor had the list of yeah. the five things that she was looking for in a dude. I was like, that strangely sounds like Tatsumi, but I I figured because I I don't know. I I just did not put the two together at first until the collar was on him and I was like, "Oh. Oh no. <laughs> You've just been yoinked, my dude." Yeah. Um and, you know, th- th- I wouldn't call this show a harem show. It thankfully avoids that. But, uh, you know, I-, I suppose maybe the the next episode or two focuses on S-Death and uh, Tatsumi's relationship before returning to its uh, uh, brawls. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, the five episodes we've covered for um, Akame Got Kill. I guess let's get into it. It's time for uh, our favorite segment. Cue the music. Speed wagon, 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 Allow me to elucidate ya. The name is Robert EO Speedwagon. I was gonna go with Coro, maybe, because Coro's a good doggo. Uh, I was thinking bulls. But I think uh, I'm gonna go with Wave. Wave is my speed wagon for this batch of episodes. That wave is pretty awesome. Again, he's, um. a, he's a fun POV character. I like, and again, I'm repeating myself, but I just like the fact that the show could have easily been good guys versus bad guys. And then when you throw a wave in the mix, who's just a guy and putting him on the bad guys team, it just adjusts the stakes. Because like, okay, maybe I don't want to see everyone here die. Obviously, uh, Saryu has not uh, endeared herself to the cast. Um, but then, you know, you have people like Bowles, who's super likable. Um, Kurome, you'll get more on her later on. Again, I think any good action series, the fact that if, if you have equally good villains, that's very good because then you're like, oh shit, maybe I don't want them to die because I enjoy seeing them on screen. and. Now with the setup they've uh, ingeniously done, you're like, oh, fuck. That means, you know, even when the heroes win, I'm going to be bummed because I like these other characters and they're being taken off the board too. Yeah, definitely. Um, that That's kind of why I like it so much and why I wanted to binge it is um, they, they did make every character likable in some way, shape, or form that you can kind of relate to them. Uh, who's your speed wagon, though? Oh, um, mine would have to be, is it Mine or mine? The uh, Mine, I think. The girl with the sniper rifle. All right. Um, one, I just love her, her design. It's so, um, it, it's kind of ironic in a way. Like, you have, like, this super cute, like, rich girl kind of aesthetic um, with just, like, a very cold, um, militarized kind of, sniper rifle um and it's not like 
she just kind of sits out of danger far away. Like she's on the front lines um, with it being activated. Um, only when she's in more danger is, is it more powerful. Mm-hmm. Which I kind of liked. And even though she's like your, she starts off as like the stereotypical uh, Sundere. I was going to say that too. Yeah. Yeah. She kind of like, um, uh, how would I describe it? She's definitely softer and um, has more complexity to her than just that. And that's like her entire personality. Um, Like with Sheil, you know, getting ripped in half in front of her. Um, Like she she's a lot more powerful and strong than you think. Um, And even when they they rescue that small girl in like the alleyway um she's not just all about violence but she is kind of like has a tough love like just grow up and be strong like to protect yourself it's not like a oh little girl or like hopefully you'll be okay or like extremely cold it's very calculated yeah, 100%. Uh, again, there, there's so many great characters on the show. There's even characters uh, that we have yet to be introduced to uh, that go beyond this batch of episodes. Uh, I, I will say shout out to Chelsea, who I didn't get to discuss um, because, again, I didn't want to jump that far ahead. Um, but Chelsea's a great character. You'll you'll know her when you see her. Um, yeah. That, this is what I love about these tight shows where it's like it's 24 episodes. It's all killer, no filler. Maybe I will read the manga at some point, but I'm satisfied with what I got. And, you know, I'm not going to be a hater just because Reddit tells me to hate it. Uh, I, I enjoyed what I saw here. And yeah, it's uh, the pacing of the show is immaculate. You're, you're not bored at all. Um, I guess we're already getting to final thoughts. I'm just going to continue what I'm saying from there. But yeah, uh, Akame got killed. Fantastic shonen, seinen, uh, whatever you want to classify the genre as. Again, if you're a fan of JJK or you know Naruto or any any one of these uh, many action shows we've covered, I think a comic I kill stands up pretty well. Is it is it one piece tier? Abs- absolutely not. Nothing. Not everything can be one piece tier, um, but it is a very fun, tight twenty four episode uh, TV show. And yeah, it's, it's making me. I mean, I hope Change Soldier is good since it's from the same writer. Uh, maybe it is. I don't know. I'll, 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 even though I criticized Reddit, I'll, I'll see what Reddit thinks of it to see if I'll, I'll watch the anime of it. Um, yeah, what about you, Rachel? Final thoughts for Akame Got Kill? Uh, my final thoughts. Um, I overall think from the five episodes that I've seen, it's very well paced. Um, a lot, like you said, a lot happens in each episode, so you're never bored. Um, you can't really, it doesn't give you time to check out from any kind of um, conversation because everything has a reason, um, which is always a good thing to have. Um, I also love the opening song. It was pretty good. Um, I actually enjoyed the the jokes a lot. Same with the character designs. Um, and I, I just like how each character is just so unique. Um, and I'm definitely going to be binging this one. Um, I, I definitely think don't sleep on this one, um, especially if you are a fan of Jujutsu Kaisen. I can definitely see where the 
the parallels are. Yeah, I've been recommending it to certainly my other friends who have slept on it. Because again, it, the show is from quite a few years ago. It's also trapped on High Dive if you want to watch it the official way, uh, which I did initially uh, when I had a week of High Dive for free. And then uh, I watched it on the pirate sites for my rewatch. Um, high, high Dive, which I wish was a better streaming service so I could justify having it. But unfortunately, it's only got like three good shows. Um but yeah, I suppose that's the official way to watch it, which is to get a, a free trial of High Dive and binge in a week. But yeah, this is a super fun action show. All killer, no filler. If you've liked uh, a lot of those other action series, you're not going to be bored. Rachel, where can people find you? Um, it can be found either on Twitter or X, whatever it's called now, um, under Rachel Unding VO. That's kind of where I post um, what's happening, what I'm doing. Um, or you can find me on my website, rachelondingvo.com. Fantastic. Uh, as always, you can find me at Jack is Jack on Instagram, only real Jack M on Twitter, uh, at is this anime pod on Instagram. We're not active on X ever since they uh, uh, got rid of Twitter, Instagram, Twitter functionality. So I'm like, fuck that. It's just not worth it. Yeah, uh, absolutely fair. This is not. Um, but yeah, keep keep following us on the Instagram. Um, you know, we'll, we try to maintain this podcast every every other Tuesday. But again, some things happen like me randomly getting COVID after, you know, a four year uh, record of not getting it. Um, yeah, that that about sums up. Uh, Rachel, thank you for coming on to the podcast and being a trooper. And I definitely want to hear your thoughts uh, privately when uh, you finish the series for sure. Absolutely. And I definitely hope you feel better soon. I will. I will. I got to go to work in uh, like three days. So I better. <laughs>